This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change me and my son the rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame. The blue part of the flame. And nothing I just want to roll with those in the bottom. Welcome to Sportfire. The sports comedy podcast that thinks you've simply got to give Mac Jones credit. He showed up on Saturday, by definition. I'm your host, Adam Weiner, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, interviewing San Francisco's Mike McDaniels for the position of offensive coordinating my heart, Spotify, popped it in the middle there, and dunking on Mike McCarthy for way longer than 14 seconds. Big show today, fullback and entrepreneur Chris Gronkowski is here, plus a check-in with the Rational Pats fan, but first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. The Dallas Cowboys lost to the San Francisco 49ers in the wildcard round when Dak Prescott slid in the middle of the field, failed to hand the ball to the ref, and watched time run out. And then CBS immediately cut to a sobbing family of 12 heirs to the Bratstall fortune and lingered on the shot for 28 minutes. Jerry Jones actually wandered into frame and the cameraman was like, nope, sorry, back to the righteous gemstones. You may be wondering why Kellen Moore called a Dak draw play up the middle with time expiring, and I think it was because he wants to leave. Very badly. After the game, Prescott endorsed fans who threw garbage at the referees, probably because he's very familiar with trash throws. The Patriots and Bills played a real barn burner on Saturday night, and by that I mean blacked out Bills fans left in the middle of the third quarter to go burn down some barns out of joy. Buffalo completed the first game in NFL history where a team didn't punt, turn the ball over, or kick a field goal, which is just a little more impressive than when the Patriots completed a game without any passes last month. Josh Allen and the Bills gave Bill Belichick a taste of his own medicine, throwing a touchdown pass to an offensive lineman up 30 points midway through the fourth quarter. In response, Belichick called a trick play where he threw a Microsoft tablet through Steve Belichick's sternum. I thought the cold weather was supposed to be good for the Patriots, and it actually might have been because it made them totally numb to it all. Anyway, cheer up, Patriots fans. This isn't the end of the world. That was when Brady left. Jerome Boger's crew likely will not ref again this postseason. They better not, after a mistake-filled opening game between the Raiders and Bengals. Boger's crew will only be used in case of emergencies, like if Tom Brady needs help with a fourth-quarter comeback. Among the terrible calls in that game was a Bengals touchdown that should have been blown dead thanks to a whistle while the pass was in the air. Apparently, the whistle came from the wind blowing straight through Boger's head. Speaking of Super Wildcard Weekend, hey, those two seven games sure were ass, huh? End of statement. They were not good. Bucks coach Bruce Arians was fined $50,000 for slapping his own safety in the head, but he had a legitimate reason. The kid let Jalen Hurts complete a pass. Baker Mayfield had surgery this week and says he can't wait to come back as his, quote, true self, which, according to those commercials, is a guy who works from home. And Novak Djokovic lost his deportation appeal this weekend and was officially removed from Australia. Djokovic will now move on to trying to win the other three legs of the Republican Grand Slam, the Freedom Open, Wimbledonald, and the U.S. Open Borders. And now to get an insider's takes on the New England Patriots' worst playoff loss in decades, I checked in with Twitter user at RationalPatsFan to have some sense talked into me, and yes, also to wallow in his misery. 
the end of an era for the New England Patriots before it even started. I'm not sure what we saw Saturday night, but I know exactly who I wanted to talk to to help make sense of it. The Patriots lost to the Bills 47-17, but I've been following a great Twitter user named Rational Pats Fan, and he's been so confident and so cocky this whole season up to and including after the game, which I find very jarring. So I want to get to the bottom of his rationality. Rational Pats fan, thank you for joining me today. Uh, that was, by any measure, a true ass-kicking, though, right? Adam, appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, I take exception to end of an era. I would say that, um, you know, this is a step in the right direction, um, last year, you know, we were just dodging uh, Cam Newton. His hats were flying farther than his passes last year. And all of a sudden, now we got Mac. He's wearing a wetsuit. He thinks he's back in Jacksonville surfing. He's now he's wearing a wetsuit trying to get out of the cold. He's never seen snow before. And, uh, you know, there's, there's positives to take from the season. There's positives to take from the game. Are we happy with the result? No. Was I having a good time watching that game? No. Did I make a scene so loud that my neighbors were concerned? Yes. However, you know, there's there's positives to be taken from the game, for sure. I mean, I've spent I've just spent so much time. I, I just need you to see this from my perspective. I've spent so much time with Patriots fans telling me that everything they do is perfect and impenetrable. And they had every right to say that because they won so many rings. I mean, six is a lot of rings every year. Belichick and Brady, we know, but the Bills scored a touchdown on every drive of that game. They are the first team in NFL history to not punt, not attempt a field goal and not have a turnover in a game, eight drives for seven touchdowns and the kneel down. They had more touchdowns than third down attempts, seven to six in week 16. The bills were the first team to ever not punt, not be forced to punt against the bill Belichick defense. And three weeks later, they did it again. You can't tell me that was mostly positive. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, I'd like to stick a needle in this, you know, perfect performance balloon. They missed an extra point, Adam. Oh, did they? They, they missed an extra point. They're, uh, one of the touchdowns, the uh, kick was blocked. So the, look at that. They actually attempted seven kicks. People are always like, oh, they, the kicker didn't even enter the field. He actually did. He did seven times. Okay. So everybody, you know, oh, wow, what a performance. Oh, perfect game. Seven kicks, one of which didn't even go, didn't even make it. 25 yards. It's kind of embarrassing, kind of pathetic. Also, everyone's, oh, wow, that interception in the first quarter on Mac Jones. Uh, probably the, we probably handed you guys like the nicest, most impressive interception you've ever had. You're welcome, little brother. We're just always looking out for my, for the little brother Bills. You guys are even named after our coach. So, you know, whatever. This is a masterclass. I, I really, really didn't think I would come here and, and hear this from you today after again, one of the largest shellackings in the history of the Patriots franchise. You're still talking about big brother, little brother. And, and it's, it's no matter what you say to me, it's Josh Allen in one corner and Mac Jones in the other. And, and Mac Jones is Mac Jones, right? Mac Jones is sick. This guy comes off of winning a national championship game. 
with Alabama. All of a sudden, three days later, he's getting drafted by the Patriots, whirlwind emotionally. Guy gets on a plane. 12 hours later, he's up in the preseason. I mean, he didn't even have a chance to get the whole Josh McDaniels playbook going. Josh McDaniels, two weeks before, was the coach of the Colts. So, you know, I view this season as huge, like, you can't even believe what these guys pulled off in a season that was a very probably the most difficult scenario and situation of anybody in the league, I would say. And guess what? He flourished. Okay. He he was he, he was much, much better than Josh Allen was as a rookie. People were looking at Josh Allen as a rookie, and he, everybody was like, Who's this big dummy out of Wyoming? You know, we can throw the ball out of the stadium, but who even, you know, whatever. The one thing I'll grant you is that Mac does have room to grow. But I'm hearing so much from so many people about how he didn't have any help. Didn't the Patriots sign a ton of help last offseason? Wasn't, weren't you bragging about how much help they had before the season and now he has no help? I mean, can you clarify that for me? Yeah, he had help. And then the help wasn't what we thought it would be. Like, remember the movie, The Help? there's a pie and they think it's made of one thing and it's actually made of a different thing. And that's kind of what our help was this year. Okay. We had uh, Jacoby Myers, which is actually just a national nationwide law firm that I don't really understand because coast to coast, these guys are like, watch out. If you got an accident, call Jacoby Myers. I don't, I mean, it's insane that they are lawyers and is one man in the NFL. That's crazy. Not very helpful. Then also you got, okay, Hannah Henry, very cool name. And also he got a ton of touchdowns. I'm, I'm on both sides of the coin where we're amazing, but we're also not that good. You're always, everybody in your fan base is, is always on both sides of the coin. I, I got to tell you, this is not that rational, man. It really is not all of, all of that rational. No, no, no. You're misunderstanding. We are good, but stop it. I have a chip on my shoulder. We are better than you think. Got it. So you're both, you're perfect, you're terrible, but the terribleness is an accident because you're actually great and you're going to be great next year. Um, But if I say you're great, that also makes you angry because you want people to tell you you're bad. So when you win, you can tell them that they thought you were bad. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I hate this. Bill Belichick is 69 years old. Nice. He's going to be 70 next year. Can, can you at least look me in the eyes and tell me that's not good for you? That's old. My grandmother broke her leg and then got COVID and she's fine. And she's 94. So for you to tell me that Bill Belichick can't just talk into a headset, he's basically talking to his grandkids on the phone and he's 70. It's fine. Do people, the life expectancy is higher now than when he was born so yeah and what else is he gonna do and he's just no bill is fine his i'm worried about his kid his just you know his slack-jawed son i think if we get him some jaw surgery i think we're in great i think we're gonna make a run next year so you want bill to coach until he dies and the only problem with his son's defense is that his jaw is weird really here's what here's what i'm gonna say Here's what, honestly, honestly, thank you, Buffalo Bills, because when the Buffalo Bills are good, we are going to travel north up to Buffalo in the winter, in the cold. It's going to preserve, it's going to slow down 
the aging of Bill Belichick cells. You're actually accelerate. The bills being good is actually accelerating the life of Bill Belichick. We're putting the man on ice, ice in his veins, Mac getting better every single week. He's also going to have, everybody's going to have ice in their veins. And so we're actually, the bills are helping us. You are destroying me from the inside out. Can you just honestly look me in the eyes now? Look at me and tell me how your Saturday night actually went. Because I can't imagine you were this positive on Saturday night. How was your Saturday watching this game? I snorted beer through my nose. I was so uh, disgusted. I chugged bourbon straight out of a bottle and then I sneezed it every time they had a touchdown. I just was sneezing bourbon. And then it was that thing where it was like stuck in your nose. And I was just so, I, I got in my car and I drove so long that I just ran out of gas. And then I just kept walking. And then I, when I got to the end, I just threw my TV in the harbor. And then I cried and I screamed for Tom. Where are you right now? Right now I'm at a closed gas station charging my phone. And um, I don't think they even have Ubers out here. So I'm trying to figure out where I don't know where I am. I think I walked to Buffalo. Rational Pats fan. Best of luck next year. And hey, go Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in the NFC divisional round. Hey, Pats and six. Pats and six. The Rational Pats fan, everybody. Somebody come and get him in your car. And now speaking of. I'm pleased to present my interview with Buffalo Royalty, Chris Gronkowski. Chris Gronkowski, thank you so much for joining me after a wild, super wild card weekend. I'm really excited to talk to you about the action, and I'm going to start where you think I'm going to start because you're from Buffalo. You better believe it, man. I heard it's freezing up there. I watched that game. It was cold, man, but they lit it up. They heated that stadium up real quick. I have never seen, obviously, a Bills game like that, and certainly the opponent made it all the more special. You are from Buffalo. Your brother played quite a while in New England. Take me through that Saturday evening. What are your emotions like watching the Bills just blow out the Patriots? Man, I mean, definitely a Bills fan at heart. Grew up Bills Mafia all day, every day. So it's cool to see him win. Uh, you know, like when I see the hometown winning, it's good to see, you know, especially after losing four Super Bowls. So it's cool, man. It's cool to see them back. Um, I, I hope they go a little bit further this year, but definitely was surprised to see them take it to the Patriots like that. You know, Bill Belichick is a, a mastermind. Uh, I thought he'd come in with a great game plan. Uh, it was a freezing cold game. I thought they'd run the ball a lot, but Josh Allen's proving that it doesn't matter what the weather's like. He's still going to sling the ball, man, uh, even if that thing is rock hard and it's and it's five degrees out. So uh, absolute beast, man. That was that was that was impressive. That was a really impressive win. Is that sort of the statement game that tells you the Bills have officially taken over the AFC East? Because that's I mean, that's Allen at his best. He's played two straight perfect games against the Patriots now. I mean, literally perfect on Saturday. Was that sort of the line for you where you're like, all right, now it's Buffalo's division? No, I will. The division, yeah, yeah. If you're saying, yeah, the division for sure. Um, AFC itself, this next game is the statement game, man. If they could take the Chiefs out, that's that's it, man. That that becomes, you know, the AFC becomes theirs. And uh, 
that would be impressive, man. That would definitely be the next step for the Bills. What was your fandom like before you got involved in the NFL? Like, how did your family spend Bills game days growing up? Oh, we'd go, go to some games, definitely watch the games. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them would be blacked out because there was no attendance at the game. So we didn't always get to watch them. Um, so that, that kind of sucked. But uh, we're huge Bills fans. You know, my dad collected um, and went to all the games and then collected all the the, the cushions and had them hung up in the uh, his office. And uh, he's definitely a big fan and definitely, uh, you know, showed us the way as well. And, you know, we took that and uh, – we're definitely big Bills fans all the way up until, you know, you start playing yourself and then you go to a team. And uh, for me, at least playing on four different teams uh, really just made me a fan of the game, you know, still definitely, um, you know, want to see the hometown win. But at the end of the day, I have so much respect for every player in every team because I went through it myself and I realized how hard it is to win in the NFL, man. Like it is, it is so hard. Every player is amazing. When you see a team that has a down year, it's not because the players aren't good. Those are still some of the best players in the entire world. And no, the best college team is not going to beat the worst NFL team, man. I hate that argument. But, you know, these are the top. This is what I tell people. Like, this is the top best player in college for the last 10 years, you know, or even plus that. I mean, for Brady, it's the last 20 years. So, uh, you know, you have all that talent to choose from, whereas in college, you know, you're choosing from the best players from high school. You know, that's the difference. Like that's, that's an insane difference. So uh, man, respect for every team is what it comes down to because I've been there, done that. And it's hard, man. It's an absolute grind to play in the NFL. Yeah. That brings up a great point. So, you know, you, you've obviously played for several organizations and, and now reflecting on your time in the league, like, do you root for any of them over any others? Or is it sort of like I root for the guys I played with type of thing? Or is your fandom mostly just at this point, like sitting back and watching great players make great plays? Yeah, man. At this point, it's um, first watching watching the family. So watching the bro play, I'm going to cheer for them all day, every day. Hope, you know, hope for them to win every single week. And then after that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really watching players just as a fan, man, of really everyone. You know, if I see someone out there just making big plays, I become a fan because, you know, it, it's so impressive, man. It, it's so impressive what they do, especially guys that do it for, you know, five, 10 plus years, man. Uh, you know, waking up every day, being to that complex at 6, 7 a.m., grinding through a full season now with a, an extra game. Uh, man, like it, it's all you're, you're just trying to play through, you know, everything, man, injuries, you know, it's mentally, it's physically tough. And to see these guys perform at that level is, it's so awesome to watch. Now you mentioned watching your brother and rooting him on there. They're still alive. They're, they're certainly playing this weekend. Um, so is that the dog you have in the NFC right now? I assume, are you, are you feeling the buzz? Are you feeling the repeat buzz after what they did to the Eagles last week? Man. I mean, you can't really say anything after the Eagles game. That was kind of uh you know, that was that was a, that wasn't even fair, but uh, it's going to be a tough game this week. The the problem with the Eagles game is they got a lot of guys hurt. You know, so even for it being a, a, a you know a, a walk in the park for them, it was a game that actually meant a lot because they lost a lot of key players. And, and right now they are, and really for anyone uh, going into the playoffs, it, it, they're 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 hurt, man. And so they're definitely not at at full strength. Uh, when you lose an All Pro tackle, that's huge. 
Um, you know, when you don't have your, your running back back, that's huge. Uh, when you're missing some of your receivers, that's big. So that all comes into play in the playoffs. So a lot of times it's not necessarily the best team that wins the Super Bowl. It's the team that's the healthiest and can put it all together at the end. So we see that happen all the time uh, where a team all of a sudden, you know, they're finally healthy and they make this amazing run after having a decent year. But, you know, they're finally all back. So uh, that's that's my biggest concern coming out of the Eagles game is that, you know, there's a lot of guys hurt. And they're playing a really good Rams team where there's a lot more talent there now. They lost them earlier in the year. And now, you know, they do. They have OBJ. You know, they have a great receiver on the other side of Cooper Cup. And then, you know, they picked up Vaughn Miller. And, you know, with an O-line that's beat up, that's going to be a, a pretty tough situation for the Bucks to be in. I also do think we have to talk about the Cowboys, who were a huge story uh, last weekend, unfortunately. I will not harp on it because I see the jersey behind you. I'm not going to not going to make you be, you know, diagnose the problem and go all off. But, you know, that that Dak slide was a huge play that that changed the whole weekend. You look at that roster and it really is like an all star team. What what do you think is missing from this current Cowboys roster that that means they can't quite get over that hump? Man, it's funny because my wife, after they lost, said, I thought you said they're they're one of the most talented teams in the NFL. And I said they are. You know, that that roster is stacked. I mean, that that is a really talented football team. So uh, overall, like talent wise, I think they were the better team. You know, I think they, you know, they finally started to put it together towards the end, but uh, it, it was a little bit too late at that point. So, I mean, for them, I, I think it's I think it's just coming together as a team. Like there's got to be something there or a leader that steps up that really brings everyone together. And you could tell they're not a team because. You know, they have 16 penalties, a leader. You know, if there's someone out there that's actually leading that team, stepping up, saying, hey, guys, you know, we need to do this. We need to take care of this. There wouldn't be all those penalties. You know, you saw that in Tampa when Brady got there. You know, they were the most penalized team uh, when he first got there. You know, very undisciplined, got there, and things started changing because, you know, leaders stepped up. And, and once they did that, the penalties went away. They came together as a team. And they won a Super Bowl. So I think that's the biggest issue. I don't think it's talent at all. I think it's just – you know, it's, it's leadership and, and penalties, you know, get rid of that. And, you know, you got a, you got a Super Bowl winning team, at least talent wise right now in Dallas. I totally agree as a New York giants fan by birth, it scares me a little bit, but I, I do think it's sort of a leadership thing right now. And it's, it's definitely strange to watch. Have, have your predictions like your, has your Super Bowl changed at all after last week's action, or are you still on board with the same predictions you had before the playoffs started? Man, I had the prediction early on in the year. Um, it Bucks, Bucks versus Chiefs going back at it, man. So I think it's possible. I think it's a tough road for both teams um, at this point. So, uh, I mean, it could end, easily end up Bills versus, uh, versus Green Bay as well. I, I think could definitely be a possibility there of those two teams making it as well, or even the Rams. I mean, I'm definitely not counting out the Rams uh, at this point, just – Talent wise, they they definitely stacked up this year um, for them. They're healthy, you know, and they are starting to put it all together as well. So there's there's some talent left, man. So uh, we'll, I hope my prediction still comes true uh, or it'd be cool to see the Bucks versus the Bills. But um, I think it's a tough road for everyone. I, I mean, really, I know the Bucks are favored this week by a decent amount, but I really think it's kind of 50 50 on every game from here on out for for every team that's left. What would a Bills Super Bowl run mean to that city that, you know, you, you're so fond of? Like, how has the city's identity changed since you grew up there? And, and what would that like, what would watching that full Super Bowl run really feel like for you? 
man the the city would be going insane absolutely insane man like they've they've had some decent teams they've been getting better too and, and people get so excited about it i mean bills mafia goes insane they'll do anything uh for a bills win so uh i think it would be a pretty cool super bowl i think um you know, it's going to be one of those ones where, man, it's just a lot of people showing up with a lot of energy, doing whatever it takes to actually get in that stadium. And uh, it, it would mean a lot, man, they, especially if they win it all. Unfortunately, the city would probably be like burned down as well, which you know you never want to see. But uh, I think people are going to really, really go all out because they're they're diehard, man. That that fan base is is diehard and they're looking for a Super Bowl after all these years man, of coming so close and not getting there. What's the wildest Bills tailgate story you've ever been a part of that you're allowed to tell me on a podcast? Man, so the wildest was when I showed up in a in a Gronk jersey, and um, you know we came in the in the party bus, got off. Um, the what they were saying to the wives and the girls coming off the bus, you know, I can't even repeat. But um, had a, had a couple beers thrown at me, sandwiches, really everything possible, and at that point just decided to take the Jersey off. Cause it just wasn't worth uh, trying to fight pretty much every person in the stadium. But, you know, we, we constantly got called traitors, but I just couldn't understand it because the bills actually took the pick before Rob got drafted. They took a D tackle. So, um, you know, the opportunity was there. I'm still saying that the bills are traitors because they didn't take him. They didn't even bring me or my brother Dan in for a visit, which is, actually in the NFL doesn't even count towards a visit because we're the hometown kids. So um, I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling the bills, the traders out of the situation here. And uh, I want, I want some apologies for it. I love it. Um, before I let you go, I have to ask you watch these games. You can't watch these games without seeing your brother in a USAA commercial, basically every break. Do you guys make fun of him for those? How do you feel about those ads? Oh man, my, my kids love it. They, they, they feel like they get to see uncle Rob or, uh, you know, every single day. So, uh, kids, kids are all over it. We, yeah, we, we definitely, we get on them as well. Uh, we are in a couple of them too. I think they only play like the online versions of them, but, uh, we do show up in the commercials as well. So it's pretty funny, but yeah, I think they need to change his character a little bit. Um, you know, they make him look like this guy that just isn't that smart um, meathead football player. But at the end of the day, man, like people don't realize how smart he actually is. So um, I tell people all the time, like age 20, you go into the NFL, you get paid millions of dollars. Uh, most guys don't do the right things when you do that and you have that kind of money. Uh, you see it over and over and over again. You know, this this kid's still bringing home food from the complex. You know, after after being a second round pick, you know, he's he's renting a house. He's doing he's doing everything the right way and um, super smart with his money investments. You know, when you get on that that stage and that, you know, uh, you, that visibility is insane and, and everyone comes after you. So uh, it's been impressive to see how he's handled himself, his money, everything uh, over the years and, and, you know, still be able to have fun with it, too. You know, most of the time by that point, you know no one's people are just hiding you know, at that point for the most part they're not having fun anymore uh it's a tough spot to be in sometimes so uh absolutely amazing to see him continue to be him it's been a lot of fun to watch 
I love it. And if you need some help rewriting those commercials and, and changing Rob's character, I've, I've got you covered. I'm happy to take a pass. Um, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> I'm, happy. I'm happy to do it. Thank you so much, man. I, I've seen your awesome work on BetSided. Before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to plug? Man, yeah. If, if I can, if you can, uh, company, my company is iShaker. So iShaker.com. Um, if you're looking for custom bottles, your logo, um, or if you're just looking for a sweet water bottle that you can use all day, every day, including mixing protein shakes. Uh, that's, that's what it is, man. It's a product I created for myself. I was able to get on shark tank, have investments from Mark Cuban, uh, Rob bought into the company as well. Uh, but yeah, just definitely check it out, man. If you're, you're on that new year grind, new you trying to get in shape, or if you just like to party and mix shots and let it float next to you in the pool, that works too, but check it out. Um, it's called ice shaker and the website's iceshaker.com. Chris, thanks so much. I'll definitely check it out. And I really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. Chris Gronkowski, everybody. The guy could block for me any day, whether that's trying to bust through a crowd at the stop and shop or deal with my hundreds of enemies on Twitter. And now, my final flame. What are the Dallas Cowboys these days? Webster's Dictionary defines them as no proper noun. But no matter what the papers say, this is a very different team from Jerry Jones' golden years. Now that Jerry Jones has entered his golden years. Guys, I said golden years twice? Come on. Who's proofreading this? No one? I just wrote this and came directly to the recording studio? Yeah, sounds possible. But just as the clock runs out on Jones' quarterback, so may it be running out on the man's ability to run a franchise. And in life, if you try to spike it, that doesn't stop the seconds from ticking away. You just end up throwing a football to the ground at a high velocity, spooking the rest of the customers at the crate and barrel. And the sales staff is like, where did you get that football? Did you get it from here? And you lie and say yes because you don't want the guy to know you shoplifted from a dicks in the adjoining town. Does Jerry Jones still have the clarity of mind to be the steward this franchise needs heading into the 21st century 20 years ago? Or is he too blinded by jersey sales and star power to come up with a cohesive offensive message that resonates with his coaches? How can a mixture of the NFL's brightest young stars on offense and defense come out looking so baffling? Is it a cursed amulet? It's gotta be a cursed amulet. Or maybe somebody buried a dead guy in an Eagles jersey in the scoreboard? Okay, never mind, we figured it out. It's definitely one of those two things. And so, Jerry, another year has ended. And with it, let us give you this message. Do not become as blinded by your loyalty as your wide receivers are when they stare up at your gigantic window. Make changes. Because, as you can tell by looking through that window, the sun is setting. And also, the Dick Sporting Goods cops have reached the parking lot and they're hot on my trail. My thanks to Chris Gronkowski and Sam Clemmer, aka The Rational Pats Fan, See you next Thursday.